Welcome to the No Plan B podcast. My name is Rene Weimann, and today I'm here with Davante Lacey and, of course, my partner, Jumpin' Joe Asbury. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you guys that this guy's a walking bucket, you know, there's certain players who I live through. You know, I, I dunked on a lot of people, and I couldn't shoot, and I couldn't dribble, but this guy, Lacey, Lacey can give you buckets any way you want. He can shoot over you, take you off the dribble, and if he catch you slipping, he will dunk on you. Mr. Lacey, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. That was a very generous intro. I appreciate it, man. Thank yeah, let's get it. <laughs> yes, sir. You you representing the, the wonderful Pacific Northwest, my brother. I had to look out. Yes, sir. Yeah. Got to let the town know. Got to let the town you know. know. The town. Shout out to Tacoma, man. For sure, man. All day, every day, man. So let's talk about this beautiful journey, man. And then, like I said, man, first and foremost, really love your game, man, because uh, you're unselfish. And a lot of guys, you know, with your skill set to be able to to be that that walking bucket and a weapon that can score at all times, but you're not selfish. You love to keep your teams involved. And I can tell just by the way you play, you just want to win. So let's talk about how did it all start, man? When, when did you fall in love with this ball? Man, uh, again, thank you for the intro. You're talking really highly of me. I appreciate it. Um, but early on, I played all three sports. I played uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, excelled in all of them. Um, I just really developed a love for basketball around um, fifth grade, sixth grade, when we were playing in tournaments, but we were playing against, you know, seventh graders and eighth graders, and uh, we were competing, and I found, like, this is probably what I'm going to do. Um, played football and baseball still all the way till high school, and then uh, just really specified in basketball my 10th grade year, so uh, 16 uh, would be over here. And I just took it really serious, took it to the next level, um, stayed in the gym extra, um, I always, I love to shoot. I always was a shooter. Um, my AU coach also <laughs> used to say he doesn't rebound misses. So I was kind of lazy. So if I didn't want to <laughs> rebound my own shot, I just had to make the shot. So he would <laughs> for me. Um, and then just, you know, took it to the next level, just really fell in love with the grind, the process of going into the gym, getting better, um, day in and day out. Um, and just, you know, in high school, I had a lot of guys that would be in the gym with me that would help me, like mentors, like a guy named R.J. Barsh would always open the gym up for me. Um, Turner Kager would always stay after for, you know, my high school practices. And Coach Gary Ward was my AU coach that every time he was in the gym, I was always allowed in the gym, no matter if it was fourth or fifth graders. He would always let me allowed in the gym, and I would take advantage of it. I ended up, uh, you know, getting a full-ride scholarship to Washington State University. Um, played in the Pac-12, and, you know, that's where I took another step, took another step and just had to learn how to be a pro. And, you know, to, to learn how to win, you have to lose, you know. And I, I did my fair share of losing um, after having a pretty successful, you know, grassroots and um, high school career. Um, but I was always grateful for Washington State about what they, you know, the opportunity they gave me, Coach Bone, Coach Allen, and then later on, Ernie Kent. Um, it, was a, it was a great experience. So that's how I really got started. And, you know, the love of the game has never gone, gone away. I mean, I've had dark moments, but I, I've always just loved to pick up a basketball and just play. Man, that's beautiful, bro. Let's talk about that for a while, too, because, uh, you know, back in the days, man, uh, I chose Pepperdine, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I actually won a, a state championship in, uh, in, in Seattle. 
And, uh, and yeah, back in the days. And the cool part about it, man, was that, uh, you know, I, I was recruited by Washington State, man, and I, and I didn't go there. So I've really? always loved guys that went there, man. And, I, uh, you know, especially for the during this pandemic, can we talk a little bit about the, the hostile crowds that you played in front of? Because it's tough for me to think about basketball without fans right now. But yeah. if you could just take, take us back to some of those hostile crowds in the Pac-12 and, and how yeah. you still were able to go in there and, and get buckets because that's what man, you do. It was, <laughs> that's, it's something that I developed um, in the Pac-12 where you go in a hostile environment and um, you make a bucket or you do something really like a nice move or do something and it just it, it's so loud but then when you make that move it just calms all the way down yeah and you, just, you know and you run back on defense and it's just like yeah i just silence 10,000 15,000 people and i yeah. still get that same feeling over here i tell people all the time i like i like away games a little bit more than home games just for the simple fact of i love silencing the crowd you know yeah. I love, you know being that underdog and um going against the David versus the Goliath. And when you got 15,000 against you, I mean, Arizona. Arizona was packed 15,000 strong. Oh, my God. Uh, before, oh, my before, God. Before games, they would be out there. Um, University of Washington, it was always a rivalry game, so they would have 10,000. And it would be loud. The way the acoustics is in that gym, it's, it's loud. And they, they get on their runs, and it gets loud. Um, uh, excuse me, the University of Oregon. Oregon was, you know, they have one of the best gyms in the country, um, but they can get loud too once they get on runs. Um, and then Utah. Utah was, man, them Mormons, they know how to cheer on some, you know, to cheer on basketball, <laughs> man. Yeah, so, they out there so, loving the game, yeah, bro. <laughs> kids from all ages, parents, and they, they respect the game of basketball too. So, like, if you yeah. make the right play, I know they're cheering and stuff, but it's loud. It gets loud. You know, they have the cardboard cutouts and all of it. And then, like I said, I developed the, the mindfulness of going into somewhere and feeling like I'm against everybody. Like my team, 12 versus 15,000. So, and I developed that over here where it's even kind of more hostile with drums and people yeah. yelling at you and, you know, doing certain gestures and stuff. And it's like, I've been through it, you know? Right. I, I love it. I love going on the road, silencing the crowd. And then, you know, some of the basketball fans in Germany in particular, they respect your game. Like, if I had a good game or made some good plays, they would come up to me and be like, you know, you had a great game. Like, I, I love watching you play and, you know, success. It wasn't no hatred off the court, you know? And that's, that's one thing I appreciated about Germany as well, um, as long as the Pac-12 and stuff is – just the love, the love of the game, the people that really respect the game of basketball. That's nice. Okay, well, let's fast forward to uh, to your pro journey, man. I mean, how's it going so far? And uh, yeah. where, where's the, uh, let's say, because you've been to a few different countries, right, uh, as yeah. we speak. So which, uh, where have you felt the most comfortable and uh, how are you feeling right now? Man, uh, honestly, right now, I'm, right now I'm in Groningen, uh, Holland, with um, Donar Groningen. Um, we're in basketball Champions League qualifiers and, you know, all the FIBA Europe Cup if we don't qualify and stuff. But I've been to Germany the last three years in Heidelberg, Egan, and uh, Karlsruhe. Um, and then after my first year, it was my rookie year, and I was in Austria. Um, I loved Austria. Uh, my first six months, I was in a small city. And then I left and actually came back to a different team in Vienna. 
And I always tell people Vienna is one of the best cities I've ever lived, best cities I've ever been to. It's, it's really nice people. This architecture is incredible. Um, very, you know, has a good balance of Americanized, but still have their culture preserved. So it was really nice. Um, I mean, obviously I've been in Germany the last three years. So Germany's really comfortable. Um, but Turkey, I was in Turkey the beginning of last year for yeah. six months. Um, and Turkey was just one of the best experiences just because the people were really nice. Um, the food was really good. You know, that's a struggle with Americans finding, finding things that they liked. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be eating really good in these last six years. Um, but Turkey was really, the cost of living is low, so you got to experience things. And I think it was just a great experience. I've, had a, I've been fortunate enough to be in some really good cities. Um, especially most recent years, especially in Germany. Um, Germany treats you well. Germany, uh, they do it right, man, with the recycling, the cleanliness of the cities. Uh, they, do it, they do it pretty well. You never got to worry about money. Um, that's always a positive. So um, I would say Germany and Austria are the two, two good countries that I've been to so far. Um, I'm really loving it here, though. You know, this place is, nice, I'm looking forward to having a great year and, this year is going to be, you know, hopefully successful. Very nice. I'll let Renee chime in because, uh, you know, we talk about the recycling. When I first came to Germany, you know me, man, hood rat coming out of California. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm putting everything. Wait a minute. We got some beer bottles over here. I got last night's <laughs> dinner over here. And it's all going in one bag. Let's talk about the recycling, Renee. <laughs> about the recycling yeah of course um we're quite famous for that here that we um that we like separate everything and i think that's a good thing in terms of the um environment and everything but um from when you started um i, I had one question right from the beginning because you said when you started you were playing in uh all different sports and i'm always thinking i have a little bit of a background um also in track and field and also uh, in a lot of other sports I do some, some athletic performance coaching. And, mm. um, we all know like the U S people, the USA, they are always the best in the Olympics. They have so many different great sports and in, in almost every sport. And, um, it makes me think that this sports development system that you guys have is quite superior to others that kids used to play in so many different sports when they're young. Would you agree? Or was that also a good foundation for your basketball journey that you like had so many different movements and so much movement complexity? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the time, we didn't do it for that, for how would football help me with basketball and how it, it was really just, we need something to do. You had to get out the house. You couldn't stay in the house, you know, and, and there was some football practices five days a week in the fall. And then, um, then it was basketball started to be all year round, but basketball was next. And then baseball was after that. And then it was a continuous cycle. Yeah. Um, but I do look back on it and see that I took away things like my feet are a little bit faster from football than, um, and things like that. My hand-eye coordination from basketball, like, I mean, from baseball is like, I can catch a pass in basketball one-handed and then instantly throw it one-handed just, I think it's just because of baseball, my hand-eye coordination and throwing. Um, and then the mental aspect of 
you know, in football is the toughness, you know, getting hit, getting right back up, the difference between mm-hmm. an injury and being hurt. You know, uh, in baseball is the mental aspect of lining up against somebody and facing them one-on-one, a pitcher and a batter. You know, it's there's things that, you know, I look back on it now and have the comprehension that I can understand that I took this from that and it helped me in this sport, you know. And I, I could, we could be having the same conversation if I was a professional football player that basketball helped me in dynamic movements, you know, as I'm balance on one leg can I push off and can I have you know mobility enough strength mobility to have that strength on one leg and pushing off so I do think that it's helped I don't think that we do it on purpose I just think that you know I'm gonna do the same thing with my son I'm gonna put him in five different sports and whatever you like dude you you can choose you know and if you don't like sports you don't but I think it's good that um you know we have all these different options you know and I've been picking up the game of golf lately and I, it's helped me so much in my, in my mental aspect of, you know, basketball. Like at this age, you know, there's, there's many things I could do physically, but mentally um, you can only read so many books. You can only, you know, it's hard to practice mental, mental strength, mental, your mental capacity, how to strengthen it and how to, you know, hold more and how, how do you strengthen your mental toughness, you know, and, Golf has helped me a lot, a lot these last couple of months. And, you know, it's just always about expanding. Yeah. And when, when we're at this point, uh, I, I saw your shirt. Now you moved down a little bit. It's not visible anymore, but you're also a fan of, yeah, meditation, yoga. Is that also? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I do do yoga in the summers. This summer was unfortunate because of COVID. Um, but yeah, I picked up yoga the last, I think, four years in the summers. Mm-hmm. Um, And then meditation is something that I tried to practice this last year. Um, this shirt actually is a friend of mine. He's uh, started this genius company. It's a, it's a supplement brand, um, but he believes in the same things. And it's just a coincidence that we hooked up and, you know, it works for me. But yeah, I do really strongly believe in your mind and controlling your mind and, you know, with yoga, understanding your body and, understand if I move this way, what is pulling and what is not pulling. And, yeah. you know, I think it helps me with my game for sure. Yeah. And the integration of the breath. I'm also a big fan of all those things. Yeah, exactly. Breath, yeah. Um, mindfulness, becoming in yeah. the moment, trying to stay in the moment, stuff like that. Yeah. I've been practicing a real lot the last three, uh, two, three years. And, uh, you know, we see it in my game, especially in like clutch moments and later in the games, I don't get really flustered. I just, you know, play the game. Yeah, it's about that body-mind connection. Of course, that is it's really vastly overrated, vastly overrated. Yeah, I mean, you see, I mean, I saw this morning, uh, you know, that Paul George was saying that he was having some, some troubles in that bubble, you know what I mean? And, and honestly, I, when I thought about it, I thought, hey, man, you guys are just spoiled, man, because, you know, playing basketball overseas, you know, you spend a lot of time alone. And, and then those times when I was, was alone, I didn't, I mean, of course, everyone's different, but I didn't view it as, I wouldn't view that bubble as that much of a challenge. It's like, listen, we love this game. You're getting paid a lot. Go out there and do your thing, man. But that, that all boils down to what you just said, too, to be uh, to have that mental toughness, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, some people's not built for this life. You see it all right. the time. You see the G League guys coming over, and they're really good in the G League, but they can't make it in a second division Germany or a first division mm-hmm. Germany or stuff like that it's just it's mental you know it's yeah, it's sure. being away from people it's living through facetime it's 
you know, not being, you don't get the gym access all the time, but when you do get it, how do you maximize it? You can't go 50%. You can't have 30 minutes to warm up and get, you know, you have to be locked in. You have to be a professional. Um, The NBA is a different story. I mean, like you said, I think they've been, you know, they've earned it. They've earned that. They are some of the best players in the world, but at the same time, um, there's harder things in this world. And if you're going to be, isolated only in a basketball town in a basketball city you know you're at that point you're looking for something you're you know you're trying to be wrong like people always were talking about kobe was excelling this you know and excelling because it's basketball 24 7 like exactly the people that aren't excelling are the ones that really don't you know have that love for the game that you would you know know, like us basketball all the time that's cool that's one of the reasons right. I went to Washington State. They said you can get in the gym 24-7. Right. So, Tyler, what do I sign? You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, everybody's built different, and some people aren't built for this life, no matter how good you are in basketball. Appreciate it, bro. Let, let me ask you this question. What, what, uh, excuse me for a second, Renee. What, uh, what advice would you give to uh, a young guy who's, you know, 14, 15, growing up in Tacoma? Because me and you both know I, I, I'm from that environment. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to go into too deep into detail, but there's some really mm-hmm. tough places in Tacoma. And there's some, a lot of things going on. It's really tough yeah. inner city, man, for yeah. a kid to grow up there. So what advice would you give that youngster who uh, is chasing the pro basketball dream and basically wants to be a guy like you? Um, you got to – what I did that helped me a lot was make the choices that weren't popular, you know. If you if you know in your mind that you're gonna want a dream, and chase that dream, then you got to make hard choices. My mom told me early. She was like, "Look, we don't have money for college. Like at 18, it's either you're gonna get a scholarship and leave, or you're gonna get a job and you're gonna have to get up out of here soon. You know, that's just the way it is. So I, you know, I had that in the back of my mind all my life. And then I was going to school in Tacoma, and then in eighth grade, I went to my mom and said, "I have to leave." I have to transfer. I have to go to a better school if I'm going to go to college because even if I don't get a um, scholarship, then I want to be prepared for school. And I wasn't getting what the knowledge that I felt like I was. We were just were <laughs> plain and simple. We were bad kids. We would yeah, like we made teachers cry. We made teachers leave. At the my breaking point was we made this teacher leave for like two months, and I didn't learn English for two months. My English yeah. class. So it was like. I went to my mom and was like, I have to leave if I'm gonna go and succeed where I wanna go. And this was eighth grade, I was 13 years old, 12 years old, 13 or 14, you know? And I had to make that decision. So kids are gonna be faced with that decision. Then there's little decisions. There's, do I go to this party? Or do I go, you know, no. take, do I just stay inside that night? You know, or do I, it's just little decisions, but every decision has a consequence, good or bad. So. Sure. You know, you got to stick with your decisions and stick with your dream and understand what you really want. Do you really want this life? Because it's hard. <laughs> this, to get yeah. a scholarship is hard. To play basketball at a high level is hard. Or do you just want the, do you want the lifestyle? Do you want the clothes? Do you want the shoes? Yeah. Do you want, like, it's okay if you, that's what you want, but understand that if you want this basketball dream, it's a lot harder than people seem like people get mad because I get to play a game of basketball for for a living. It's like, yeah, I worked hard for this. I didn't go to, right. I went to two school dances, you know? I didn't yeah. go to parties with my friends on weekends when I was in high school. I didn't party for 
the first two years of college, I really didn't party. I locked yeah. myself in the gym and, you know, I ended up starting as a freshman and then I ended up, you know, being a captain on, on my sophomore year. So nice. I, I worked for it and I, you know, I think I earned where I'm at right now and it's, I'm still climbing the ladder. I'm still sacrificing <laughs> 10 months out the year, you know, definitely in a way. So that's what I would tell them is just, you know, be mindful of your decisions and be mindful that every decision has a consequence, good or bad. Nice. Chime in, Renee. Chime in, babe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, 2020 is a big um, challenge for all of us. Yeah. Oh, we all know what it's about. Uh, how was that for you? Have you played in Turkey in March? Or where, you, where have you been in March when everything got very heated? Or in Germany? Yeah, so I, uh, I left Turkey in early, I left Turkey early January, signed with oh, okay. Heidelberg in Germany. And then I was in Heidelberg. Um, it was unfortunate because we started hitting the roll and uh, people were talking like, you know, we could have been the second best team. Chemnitz was really good that year. Mm -hmm. um, Bremerhaven, we had just went to, our last game was at Bremerhaven. We won by 15 um, and we were playing really well. And then we were in Germany. I was in Germany on March 13th and I was home on March 14th, you know, and oh it came quick. So it was... Wow. It was, it came quick, but like you said, this has been a challenge um, this whole year. And, you know, different parts of my life have kind of prepared me for this um, challenge. And I was yeah. so grateful to experience what I have in the past to make, help me get through here and come here pre fully prepared and ready to win. I didn't so, have to take no time. So you directly, you, you flew back to, to, to the States? In March. Yeah, directly. Yeah. Okay, and then you stayed there, and how 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 was it after that? Like, how did you um, um, get the connection to Groningen, to to the Netherlands, and how was that? And how did you? When did you came back? It was good. Um, so I came back, and then um, the coach I have here, Coach Rudez, was actually the coach with me in Karlsruhe, and then he got this job, and then you know I reached out to him and talked to him, and then he, you know, we just kept our conversation. I've I was in contact with him for the last year when we weren't playing just because I, I appreciated his knowledge of the game, um, mm -hmm. who he was as a person. So I always reached out to him to see how he was doing, how his family was doing. So it was kind of a constant conversation. And then he got this job and then we just started talking. And then, you know, I brought it to my agent and we, we got it worked out, you know. And, um, Beautiful. Yeah, and, and then I came, then just was working. And we, we, I signed pretty early. I signed, I think, end of April or oh, okay. end of May, which was really nice to go into the summer, you know, especially the summer with so many question marks and mm -hmm. heavy for sure. uncertainty that know that I had a job and know what I was preparing for. You know, I was preparing for, in my mind, every time I was training was Champions League, Champions League, Champions League. Like, I want to play in Champions League and I have to qualify for it, our team. Um, But knowing that going into that, you know, the last three months of the pandemic was was reassuring. Um, it was tough still, but it was it was reassuring. And then I got out here. Uh, July twenty eighth was my flight. Nice, so, bro. So one one month ago, basically, yeah. that was quite risky from from their side to to make that decision to sign a player in April. I mean, everything was all over the place at that point in time, and uh, it, it yeah. worked out, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so it look, it, it's looks risky, like but, I mean, I played with coach, and coach knows me. He knows exactly mm -hmm. what he's going to get. Um, 
he knows I'm going to play hard. I'm going to make the winning play. Um, when it's winning time, I'm going to try to win, do everything that counts to win. And that's, I think, the type of guys you need if you're going to be successful, not only mm-hmm. in your domestic league, but in Europe. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, let me uh, go back and talk about what you had said earlier, too, because there's a lot of guys who think that if they play at the YMCA in Tacoma or in Bremerton <laughs> or, you know, in uh, San Jose, California, and they average 20 points a game, they can come over here and play pro ball. But, you know, you're different because when you play in front of 15,000 people, man, and you're at, you know, University of Oregon or have been in these hostile environments and you take pride, like when you were in Turkey, you take pride in, in quieting those crowds down, man, and being in those hostile environments, man. Like, it's a completely different breed of animal. So let's talk about that a little bit because I'm sure a few of your homeboys have hit you up like, yo, Z, put me on, man. I'm, I'm ready to come ball. <laughs> I got some close friends that I'm in a constant. Not hate, no, not, not hate, not hate. I'm not no, hating. No. I got some close friends in my, like, really close. These are my brothers. And we're in a constant argument about who would win one on one. I'm like, <laughs> you guys won't score. Like, this is, this is, not, like, this is not like we're going to be like back and forth. Like, no, you will not score. One guy was arguing that he would get two points. And I was like, if I let you get two points, then yeah. You know, if you just throw it up at the hoop every time and hope that the ball goes in, you might get two. But if we're playing, you're not getting two. You know, <laughs> it's just basketball is different. They, under, they think that, you know, it, and I get it because they're, they're competitive, which you got to surround yourself with competitive people and sure. like-minded people. But at the same time, you have to be a realist. Like, I've that's, done this. You know, they probably stopped their senior year six years ago. And ever since right. then, I've been doing two-a-days for the last six years, working on my game, continually growing, adding aspects. So, like, I get it. I entertain it sometimes. Sometimes I just be like, you're right. You got it. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not, I'm not as good as you. But, you know, I get paid to do this. So make sure when my link comes up, you can click on the link and watch me play basketball. You know? <laughs> exactly. support, support your boy. Exactly. You know, so, Show love. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. But it's, it comes from all love. And like I said, if they're not competitive, then, I, you know, why, why be around me? You know, I want you guys to be you know, trying to better yourself. So I, I get it, but let's be real here, you know. Yeah, man. Let's that's, be I, I, reality. Thanks, thanks for sharing that because that's, you know, that's my thing. You know, I tell guys, guys are hitting me up all the time and ask me to help them get a job. And I tell them, I say, man, listen, you know, some people just aren't going to be able to do this. You know, there's only a certain amount of people in the world. I think it must be what the lower 2% of people in the world can get paid to to be a professional athlete, and that's what you are. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, you know, it just has to be respected, that's all. And I mean, yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure you understand where I'm coming from. Of it's course. the same with, with my guy, Renee. You know, Renee uh, is training these youngsters and trying to prepare them to, to go and do track and field on a really high level. So it's like, it's easy for me to sit there and watch someone run 800 meters and then say, oh, yeah, man, you know what? Okay, that's a slow time. But trust me, when that when that pandemic came, man, bro, and I got me. on that track, when I got <laughs> on that track, bro, bro, when I tell you I was about to die, I said I will never <laughs> say anything else about anyone running. I don't care if it's 60 meters or you know uh, 10,000 uh, meter steeplechase. I'm not saying ish. <laughs> that is so true because be, be, me being who I am and have a perspective, it's like, when in college we would go, the football players would come to the wreck and try to play us in basketball. I'd be like, no, bro, this is not close. I would <laughs> never go onto the football field and be like, hey, bro, let's go run routes one-on-one. 
you would dominate me. I would hope you would, you know, like right. <laughs> something that like that's I don't challenge how you work for it and how that that's you. You got it, bro. So don't come at me with basketball. That's how exactly. that's just how I keep it. Time in, Renee. Jump in there, Renee. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot agree more when I when I uh when I really I, I tried out a lot of different sports and um sometimes it's um you underestimate a lot of things and a lot of uh, situations that can come across. And maybe on, on before we before we end this conversation, um, one thing that you said right from the beginning, I, I, it just came came back to my mind, and it's, it's super cool. Um, you said you you need to learn how to lose, and you had that in your very young years. And I see that a lot of times when I think of of kids that are trained in track and field and I'm sure it, it it's the same in different sports sometimes those kids that always win when they're 10 12 years old probably because they are physically more developed than others for any reason girls boys at, at a certain age they they are more muscular a little bit taller and something and they, they they're used to win and then at some point it's not so easy anymore they really have to put in the work and yeah. then It gets, and then sometimes they they just from one year to another they're not there anymore, yeah, because they never learn how to lose, never learn how to put in the work. So um, kids need um, failures and some type of adversity in, in their lives. Otherwise, they will not make it to a to a high level. Parents parents need to understand that their kid can yeah. lose as well. You know, right. parents need to understand that their kid's not the second coming. You know, there's right. only one LeBron James in this world. So, you know, and yeah, I had to learn. And, I was, and I was, he definitely also lost a lot of battles in his early life. I'm sure. Yeah, but he's also won a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, just like anything, I was I was small until you know I was 17. Um, I was getting like you said, people were just more developed than me. Yeah. But I learned how to work hard. I learned how to compete, even though I wasn't winning. I learned how to, you know. Uh, go against somebody that's bigger I learned how to not back down and you know that taught me so much because when I grew up and where I am now today is because of that you know I'm I'm still exactly. I'm, I got that mindset I got that size now so now I can I feel like I'm invincible I can compete with anybody exactly and let's keep it official there's a lot of dudes right now in Seattle working at that fish market in the morning and uh, <laughs> they 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 wish they wish they was over here getting paid to chase around the ball like you Man, I, let's I, keep it I, real I, <laughs> I hope you know. I hope they're doing good. Yeah, good I, luck though. I, I <laughs> no, hey, ain't no hey, baby. No, I work for this. If y'all put in the time with me, I would expect you to be right here with me. But hey. freeze. All right, Devonte. Uh, thank, thanks so much for being here. Hey, I enjoyed we, it a we lot. Appreci we, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me spend a little bit of knowledge and sharing my story. Um, anytime you guys, both you guys need anything, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Anybody that sees right. this, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, awesome. I'm always an open book for everybody. Beautiful, man. All right. We'll, we'll wait until the season gets started when you're out there cooking fools, and then we'll bring you back on for a part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love, awesome. love to do a catch up. Beautiful. Love to do a catch up.